by Candlelight Podcast, where we pray and hope for all of us to abound more and more in love for God and neighbor. And so for all of us, I'm sure this past year has been a blur of change, disorientation, confusion, ups and downs, frustrations, but hopefully also some growth. One thing that has stood out to me this past year is the fatigue that seems to have set in all around. We are tired and spent. The news feel like a constant grinding away at our senses. The constant attacks of right to left and left to right feels like this white noise that's constantly in the background. Attempting to understand all that is going on feels like a chore. Social media is just another mess of arguments. Their opinions about lockdowns, vaccines, and all sorts of other things. And in the midst of all this, we are just trying to work, study, and function while all this business is going on. It seems as if everyone expects everyone else to have an opinion on everything that happens on the news today. And if you are a Christian listening, then there are all sorts of in-house debates currently going around about churches opening up during restrictions and whatnot, and what's love of neighbor and what's not love of neighbor and all these different discussions. Everyone has their own strong opinion about everything, and it's just too much. Simply too much. I can't tell you how often this past year I had the experience when it just feels as if my brain just gets stuck, as if it has been on information overload. And it's exhausting. In the midst of all this, I just want to follow Christ faithfully and grow in character, grow in loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love my neighbor as myself. And I'm sorry, but I don't think having the perfect perfect response to every new current event is a requirement for Christian discipleship, especially if the fruit of staying so constantly updated is simply bitterness to all those who do not hold your opinion. It's completely fine to disengage from what is going on and take a closer look at what the Bible is calling us to when it comes to being a disciple of Christ. And so in an effort to shake myself out of the absolute mess of voices I'm constantly hearing, I want to read old books. Old devotional books, to be more specific. I have a few planned, or at least I have a few I want to read. And depending on how it goes with reading this first book, I'll continue to do so with this podcast. The first book is The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, and I want to read that with all of you. I've read large parts of it in the past, and I found it striking, and yet I've never actually sat down to finish it. And so in each episode I'm planning, we will be reading a chapter. They're short, and I will share some of my own thoughts on it and what stood out for me, and maybe some questions for you to hopefully dive deeper into. Also, one final note, old books, plenty of different old books are available completely free at a website called ccel.org. It's called the Christian Classics Ethereal Library. If you've ever been curious about the Church Fathers or any, anybody else, go and have a look at that library and search in there. There's plenty there, all sorts of amazing resources. Another place that's have specifically the book we'll be looking at, The Imitation of Christ, is the Logos Bible app on your phone. So if you just don't download Logos Bible app, it uh, is one of the free resources that's provided with uh, a new account that you create. All right, so with that out of the way, and I'll also post these links on the bottom, I want to start with chapter one in The Imitation of Christ. The first chapter. Imitating Christ and despising all vanities on earth. 
He who follows me walks not in darkness, says the Lord. John 8 verse 12. By these words of Christ, we are advised to imitate his life and habits, if we wish to be truly enlightened and free from all blindness of heart. Let our chief effort, therefore, be to study the life of Jesus Christ. The teaching of Christ is more excellent than all the advice of the saints, and he who has his spirit will find in it a hidden manna. Now, there are many who hear the gospel often but care little for it because they have not the spirit of Christ. Yet, whoever wishes to understand fully the words of Christ must try to pattern his whole life on that of Christ. What does it do to speak learnedly about the Trinity if, lacking humility, you displease the Trinity? Indeed, it is not learning that makes a man holy and just, but a virtuous life makes him pleasing to God. I would rather feel contrition than know how to define it. For what would it profit us to know the whole Bible by heart and the principles of all the philosophers if we live without grace and the love of God? Vanity of vanities, and all is vanity, except to love God and serve Him alone. This is the greatest wisdom, to seek the kingdom of heaven through contempt of the world. It is vanity, therefore, to seek and trust in riches that perish. It is vanity also to court honor and to be puffed up with pride. It is vanity to follow the lusts of the body and to desire things for which severe punishment later must come. It is vanity to wish for long life and to care little about a well-spent life. It is vanity to be concerned with the present only and to not make provision for things to come. It is vanity to love what passes quickly and not to look ahead where eternal joy abides. Often recall the proverb, The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. Try, moreover, to turn your heart from the love of things visible and bring yourself to things invisible. For they who follow their own evil passions stain their consciences and lose the grace of God. This first chapter challenges me in where I have attempted to ground my understanding of God. I have spent a lot of time studying the Bible and it is easy for me to trust knowing the Bible instead of actually knowing God. But here... Vanity of vanities, and all is vanity, except to love God and serve Him alone. I find it so clear to have that mission, instead of the mission of attempting to nail down every single theological concept. Those are obviously important, but without love, they're empty, clashing gong. Being reminded of how central loving God is, demonstrates to us that our knowledge and study is only worthwhile as far as it helps us to love God and know Christ. I think of Paul in Philippians 3, 8, verse 10, where he says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And again, you know, one thing Akempis says, to seek the kingdom of heaven through contempt of the world. This chapter is so short and so concise, and yet it is so challenging for us to take a step back in our modern world and watch what we are pursuing, what we are trusting, 
and to reorder all we do with the love of God at the center. I'm sure there were lines that stood out to you from this chapter, potential convictions, comforts, or even just reminders. I pray you take time to listen in stillness to the ways the Holy Spirit might be drawing your attention to something in your life that needs to change or to be reordered. Thanks for joining me. 